0: Let me tell you about this girl Maybe I shouldn't I met her in Philly And her name is Brown Sugar So we be making love constantly That's why my eyes are in shade a blood burgundy The way that we kiss Is not like any other way That I be kissing What I'm kissing What I'm missing Won't you listen Brown Sugar baby I guess high off your love Don't know how to behave Yeah I want some of your brown sugar I want some of your brown sugar How you like me now? Full on allergic reaction to my whole environment No voice, so decided to just go with it I'm edgy Pretend I'm in a coffee shop I'm not going to let my swollen vocal cords stop me from giving you an intro song. Welcome to the 30th ever episode of Cake and Kombucha! Woo-woo-woo-woo! Booyaka-booyaka-booyaka-boo! Wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah-wah! Right. Celebration-tings! We're at episode number 30, and it falls on Juneteenth. So how... what a... Not a coincidence, what's the word I want? Just like a fun, you know, opportunity to shout out my ancestors. Hey, ancestors. Juneteenth, it was such a fun holiday growing up in Buffalo. We had a giant parade and it would be like African dancing and drums and vendors and arts and crafts. And the food was out and it was just a good time. So I do miss that. I wish that New York had a bigger New York City had a bigger Juneteenth presence. And also, when is it going to become a national holiday? As And when is Harriet Tubman going to be on the dollar bill? I have, like, we got to make some choices as Americans. We really do. It's like, do we want to really, per, like, I don't know. Our denialism of history is just so tedious. It's just so tedious when, especially when compared to other countries. I just get tired. Like you really think if we put this woman on the dollar bill that I feel like they think it makes us look bad. Like, they think we can't acknowledge that slavery happened. So we'll just move forward and not talk about it that much. Which, guess who doesn't benefit from that? Guess who doesn't benefit from being like, I don't understand why everything's not totally fine when we just basically still live in a police state that can kill you at will. Like, what's wrong? Why are you so angsty? Yeah, it's a giant troll of the day and just something I'm dealing with more as uh, with the advent of the new political campaigns and Trump's, you know, little clan rally he held yesterday in Florida. Very just frightening to watch. But these are things we will get to throughout the show. Um, before we do that, I just wanted to share with you some deep thoughts I had. So this week I was shopping for kombucha at Westerly Market where the kombucha is on sale as a point of fact. It's the only good kombucha sale in the city that I know of. I have run out of face wash, so I was walking down the aisle, perusing the choices. I settled upon something that was rose infused. I love the smell of rose. I just feel like I need more rose in my life. Not the actual flower I can do without them around. They make me sneeze, but... Just the scent, rosehip oil, rose, all that stuff. It's good. It's great. So I bought it, and I was like, gee, I hope it takes my makeup off. I hope it takes my makeup off. I get home. It doesn't. I am sandblasting my face with this face wash and rubbing vigorously. My eye makeup is still there the next morning. I just had to give up because my eyes almost fell off. And this leads me to this question. Why, as a human being with a face... Do I have to ensure that the face wash is gonna take my makeup off? Why doesn't all face wash take makeup off? Isn't that the bar that face wash should be held to? I mean, if you think about how your face really gets dirty, you sweat, and yes, sweat has bacteria, and it's sure. But there's, and then there's, <clears throat> there's makeup. That's pretty much it. I don't think anyone, it's not like we sit with our faces, we don't walk with our faces. You know, just walk around a face plant on the sidewalk. You're like, oh, I've had a long day. My face has just had it. No, your face is just in there on top of your neck. It's pretty much unburdened by many of the elements, like beyond your own sweat. So it's just not something that's like dirty like that. Like normally you need to take your makeup off. I think that's one of the main things that we should be considering when making face washes. So if any of you are chemists in the cosmetology field, is that what I want to say? Yeah, is that for people who do makeup, or does that include... Uh, Cosmetics. Chemists in the cosmetics field. Just do better. You really let me down on Juneteenth, and I have nothing else to say to you. Okay, so next, in honor of Juneteenth, I think we're going to get into a little bit of a cultural dilemma. Auntie gate, Gail and Oprah, they're not your aunties. They don't like you. They're not your babysitters. They don't want you to call them auntie. They're not, um, yeah, they're not here for it. So this started with Ava DuVernay, who people have told me I look like when I have long braids and stuff, and I'll take it. Actually, I'm super flattered and just excited that in 2019, there are enough Black people that are not necessarily household names, but whose faces are familiar in the media, that I can actually have a comparison and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I see that. Because when I was growing up, it was like, you look like Brandy. Please Google my picture. No. Like people just said the dumbest things. They would just be like, you look like Ben Vereen. <laughs> like it doesn't just anyone black. Like you look like the black keys on the piano. You look like a penguin in your white hat. Like they would just name black things and say that you look like them. So I'll take it. And Ava is amazing. Um, so Miss Duvernay says she doesn't like being called auntie. She said, I'm only 47 or like, am I really that old that I need to be called auntie? And I don't, I don't like it and she listed the things that she was okay being called and the list was like um sis, queen, friend, fam and then she said the safest choice is ava which i mean how how profound that the thing that someone prefers to be called is their name the fact that we as women need to assert that we want to be called by our names is kind of a whole different conversation in and of itself that could use a lot of pulling apart because I'm not sure if men have that same difficulty just being, you know, given basic respect. I'm not sure. But let's see. I pulled up the exact quotes and Ava said she doesn't think it's a respect thing. She was like, what is this, like Aunt Jemima? And then... That sparked a conversation with Gail and Oprah, and Gail and Oprah said they don't like it. Gail says she hates it. Um, they, they think it's ageist, or there's a debate about whether it's ageist. Let's see. Oprah said, I cringe being called auntie or mama by anybody other than my nieces or godchildren, Oprah said, except if I'm in Africa where it's custom to refer to everyone older as sister or auntie, depending on the age difference, and they're... No one refers to anyone older by their first name out of respect. I don't know about all of Africa, but I do know that, like in my dad's culture, you have to call, there's like a title. Like, I, you know, we used to have to call our older cousins Da or day, day for men and Da before their names. And so it's, I do think it's a little bit different in a culture where getting older, is supposed to be, means you're wiser and it confers, you know, wisdom. Now, not to say that it's not tied up with a lot of problematic things that you are supposed to have to have accomplished as a woman. Like, nobody respects an old maid in most cultures. They'll, you know, what do they, like, burn them as witches? So, like, but yes, after you've had kids and done all these other female things you're supposed to do, you can get to be a wise, respected woman. Whereas in Western culture... We just dread aging and we hate everything old. We fight it so hard. And I think that people are being a little bit shady sometimes. And they are. Like, auntie is kind of... Auntie is like a woman who goes to Essence Fest, who's unmarried, like 42, maybe 42 to 52, wears a lot of white, um, drinks a lot of champagne, is fresh, there's just a little, there's this connotation implied that you are like an older woman who's kind of wavy, kind of, I don't want to say loose. There's just something. Like, it's it, there's, there's a little, and especially with meme culture right now, I don't know if I'm doing a great job of describing it, but Auntie is said with a little bit of irony. Just a slight, slight sprinkling of shade. And and I, I mean, I get what they're saying. Like, I have aunts in my life who I may not be biologically related to, but they'll always be my aunts. I was raised t- to them. I was raised to call them aunt. There's a big difference between people in the community. And like, we don't live in those communities anymore, a lot of us, where the entire neighborhood knows each other. And there might be someone that you call aunt or you call some sort of um, term of respect But that's because that person actually plays that role in your life. Maybe they are a family friend. Maybe they're just like the person in the neighborhood that, you know, is going to tell on you and helps your parents. You know, maybe they're the person that your parents told you when you come home from school, like you can knock on their door if you need anything. I feel like that term used to have more of a, community function not just calling somebody auntie on the internet when you think they're doing too much and you see a photo shoot you know oprah put on instagram and you're like oh auntie like she's so uh, that's so auntie that's peak auntie people say stuff like that and that and so the the ladies have told you they're not here for it oprah said oprah has served me well like yeah if that now that was stunting she was like i don't know have you checked my name brand recognition why would you call me anything else? Do you have a magazine where your face is on the cover every month for fifteen years? I don't think so. So, <laughs> the only person she stared the cover with is Michelle Obama. I think that's the only person I believe. Fun fact. So yeah, I I I I understand where they're coming from. Like, I think as a younger person, I think it's kind of funny still. To when I get called auntie, it amuses me a little bit. But it's 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 a little. It's, it's touchy. I can see why it's touchy. I can see why they feel that way. But people have to be honest that you're not always saying it out of respect. You're not. Because honestly, how is it respectful to just call these women something that is like their name, Gail and Oprah, their names speak for themselves. So you don't need any other respect for that. And I think Ava said at the end of her comment, you can call me Miss Ava if you're under 18. I think that's cute. Like I think Miss is always fine. Miss, Miss, Ma'am, I feel some kind of way about, like, you need to relax with the ma'am. Just relax. Like, I, I'll i admit, I still want you to not be sure if I, you know, I'm, like, 27 or if I'm in kindergarten. Like, that's where I am with, with age stuff. Like, if you start calling me ma'am, then I'm like, what, did something happen to my skin? Like, what is, what's your problem? So, we all, you know, we all get it in Western culture. We know as women, just, like, our traditionally, our value is thought to go down as we age. And these ladies don't like it. But also, I will say I do like sis. I really like sis. I like the sense of community of someone seeking me out and calling me sis. I like your hair, sis. Hey, sis. It usually comes with something like free coffee at Pret-a-Manger. I use it when I want to get like skip people in the line of the airport. Sis, my flight's boarding. Okay, go on. It, you know, you got to use it. You got to use what you got to get what you want. But you bump out. All right. And now it's time for the story of Kyle Kashuv or a.k.a. Two years was a really long time ago. Kashuv. This is a Parkland teen. He's a survivor of the shooting of Parkland. Um, He's also a pro-gun advocate and a member of Turning Point USA, which is the Republican, the college Republican group, although he's still in high school, that has about 100, uh, sorry, 1,000 members and has Had videos surfaced very recently, a couple times this year, of people saying white power, fuck niggers, throwing up, you know, gang signs. Yeah, it is a gang. White power, gang signs, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, that's those wholesome activities. So he was recently accepted into Harvard, and Harvard rescinded his uh, admission because ding, 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 surprise, surprise, how, you know, entirely unpreventable racist tweets you put all over the Internet Actually, a friend of his, a, a friend, quotation mark, frenemy, who just felt like she needed to come forward, actually submitted um, screenshots and text messages, et cetera, to Harvard. Harvard rescinded his admission. So Kyle was on the Internet saying things like niggers, niggers, niggers. I'll make a fucking nigger C S uh, O G SOG map, which is this like video game lingo target practice map of them and he is in another thread saying, kill all the Jews. He's somewhere else saying he calls someone, you know, he's talking about a girl who doesn't like him. Surprise, surprise why? And says, Oh, she only goes for nigger jocks. This is in a, um, a text message. So I already know, by the way, he's slinging together words that I've never even heard together by nigger jock that this is just some like racist white people shit. Like, these, this is a way that y'all are using the word that I don't even, I'm not even familiar with. Like that doesn't even sound like an English that I know. So it's deep in there. This is how you talk. It's also in Florida, let us be reminded, and not Orlando, which is kind of like its own little magical kingdom to itself. It's it's in the deep south. That Florida is very southern. If you look at a map, it's quite, it's quite southern. So I want to read to you some of his apologies because it is freaking hilarious. So he starts out. OK, so the letter he wrote to Harvard says, I have recently been made aware of screenshots. OK. Already we're doing the thing where our with language, where we act like we did not generate whatever it is. That's the problem right now. You wrote them. You're not recently aware. Okay, I mean, I guess he's aware of the screenshots. But later he says, I was reminded of the text. Like, it's very much an exercise in acting like two years ago was 1942. Like, he is really going in on the, I don't remember. He says, where? He says later, like, they were so far from my memory. Let's see. What do you say? Looking back two years later, I cannot recognize that person. I make no excuse for those comments. I said them. I regret them deeply. I bore no racial animus whatsoever. The context was a group of adolescents trying to use the worst words and say the most insane things imaginable. Um, no. He also, yeah, he says around two years ago when I was 16 years old, before the mass shooting that occurred in my high school, um, he said he fell in with a group that would use this kind of language. He says, I do not have access to the electronic record of that conversation, I've only seen what has appeared in the media do you have Alzheimer's like what's actually going on right now you're a healthy 18 years old and you just have no idea what you were doing two years ago now I know when you're in high school like seniors seem really old to you like you when, when you get older you look back you're out of college and you're like wow like these people I remember like thinking they were like adults and they all look like little kids like all of them it's it's so funny to have that perspective However, I don't remember think like I still was very aware that like sophomore year was two years before senior year. I wasn't just like, I don't remember my math teacher from then. Don't even talk to me. I don't know her. Like he's tripping. So he's deeply sorry. He's not the same person. Apparently the shooting, which I don't want to downplay that any traumatic experience would certainly change you and you have to mature quickly but let's observe the different ways in which people's changed right he changed by becoming a pro-gun advocate all right so you know like we we don't want to just blanket statements say that having a mass shooting will make you not racist because you also might think that it would make you not like guns instead he goes around the country advocating for the use of them so you know Different strokes, different folks, different effects. Everyone's starting out at a different place. He was starting out at a racist twat place. I mean, it is what it is. Okay, so he tells Harvard that he has emailed, he's taken the it upon himself to email the Di- Office of Diversity and Inclusion to find out if they can, like, work with him on uh, not being an asshole. And he thought that this was going to get him in. Harvard said, hey, boo. Thank you so much for your letter. We talked about it. No, good luck in the future. And apparently he got some very curt message back from the dean of the Office of Inclusion saying, thanks for your email. We appreciate your thoughtful re- reflections. Look forward to connecting with you. In, 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 in interim, encourage you to search online for different ways to connect to local organization. I mean, to me, it seemed like a formula that was saying like, OK, boo, why don't you go do some work yourself? before we see you and it seemed very safe because they didn't know yet whether he was going to be accepted or not. I mean, they could have not responded, but they did. But this was all he needed. He said, it's the Office of Diversity. And by the way, I'm reading a 13 part tweet, not at all narcissistic. A 13 13 part tweet tweet thread that he's written about this. This is so this is all where I'm getting. So after he got that letter from the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, he responded to them asking to have an in-person meeting to make his case face to face and work towards any possible path of reconciliation i'm still just like do you know how many people apply to harvard every year i think since i went to princeton like i feel like i was fucking lucky and back in the day because the rates for the top schools are going down to like Three per- I mean, I don't want to say, let uh, me not make a percentages. I don't want to be that person. But it was something like lower than I remember it being before because I looked it up. I remember looking it up for all the college scandal stuff. And so he, it, he, yeah, like I don't understand why he doesn't feel replaceable. Like Beyonce tried to tell you, you are replaceable. I don't, I don't get it. Like, he, it, I mean, I guess I get begging for something you want. But again, as some people, there's a lot of people kissing his butt in his tweets, but there's also people that are like, one person was like, you're not really showing humility and cognizance of your actions because if you really understood them, you wouldn't ask for your place back. You'd just be like, yeah, okay, I, I get that what I did was severe enough to have my admission revoked. Like You don't understand that what you did and the person that you have shown yourself to be, and yes, you are still that person because... You're 18 and you're not 35. You're 18, you did this when you were 16. Like, you don't suddenly just put on a grown up suit when you turn 18 and apply to college. You're a kid still. So, he's trying to do all this. Like, it was 16 years ago. I mean, it was two years ago. I was 16. I keep saying I was 16. I faintly remember this. I faintly remember this part. Um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting how hard he's begging and it just shows an sense of entitlement. You don't think they have anything better to do all day than meet with you face to face? They revoked your admission. They know you want it. Like, you guys are not bargaining from, like, a, a place, an equal place. <laughs> like, they know what you want. They said no. You, uh, they're not like, I don't think he really wants his Harvard education. No, they know you want it. They don't want you. So after Harvard declined meeting him, which he said, like, as I mentioned in my previous course correspondence, I have been in communication with the Harvard Diversity Office, and I reached out to them proactively because I wanted to apologize and to seek help in continuing to mature and move forward. So why don't you seek help from a therapist? Like, why don't you seek help from a book? Why don't you seek help from a history book? The Office of Diversity and Inclusion is not to counsel racist. That is infuriating that you want to take up resources and time where they're helping people from different economic backgrounds and the people whose parents lie and pay to get them in there who didn't weren't tutored their whole life. They're helping people feel integrated into the campus. They're working on discrimination. They're creating policies and trying to better the culture of the campus and make it a place that, you know, black students can stay and graduate and other minorities as well. And you think... Did they have time to sit with you and talk to you about how you shouldn't call people nigger and say that Jews want to die? You want Jews to die? Like, what is this not something you've ever come across in life that that might not be like the best thing to say or the nicest things to think? Like, I don't know. How are you not racist, but you need help with that? So that's a question I have. So then part 10. After that, he decided to full-on criticize Harvard. He was like, "I, it's your fault. Harvard deciding that someone can't grow, especially after a life-altering event like, a, like the Strouding, is deeply concerning. If any institution did understand growth, it's Harvard, which is looked to as the pinnacle of higher education despite its checkered past. Throughout history, Harvard's faculty has included slave owners, segregationists, biggest and anti-semite so i would fit right in just kidding he didn't say that but i mean come on it sounds like you're setting yourself up to say that if harvard is suggesting that growth isn't possible and that our past defines our future then harvard is an inherently racist institution but i don't believe that i believe that institutions and people can grow i've said that repeatedly in the end This isn't about me. It's about whether we live in a society in which forgiveness is possible or mistakes brand you as irredeemable, as Harvard has decided for me. Okay, again, I feel like this is something that entitled white men of all ages, apparently, keep running back to with the forgiveness and the, like, it reminds me of some whining that went on for hashtag me too. Harvard is not sentencing you to death. They just said you can't go. What if they forgive you and they still think you can't go? Like, how do you know what forgiveness looks like? I don't think anyone over there is like, I hope this kid just chokes on on an everlasting gobstopper. I don't think they're thinking about you anymore, except for like whatever media storm and like that you're creating and tweets they don't want to be involved with. They just don't want to be responsible for your learning They don't want someone who made creepy school shooter-like posts. Like, honestly, your profile just sounds like angry people that end up as incels or, you know, and he was. He was one of those gamer people. There's a whole segment of the population of young white men that talk like that online. Like, they don't want it. They don't want that problem. They don't want that smoke. So I don't understand why you think forgiveness means you need to do what I want you to do. I mean, I do understand. It's because you're entitled, little bitch, and you're not sorry. Um, And then he talks about how he'd given up huge scholarships in order to go to Harvard. The deadline for accepting other college offers has ended. Yeah, it's it's probably ended in more ways than one. I highly doubt you're going to get the scholarships with this publicity. And I don't know why you think you deserve them. Merely because there are people that haven't done this that don't need to be forgiven for anything like that. And they can go. And everyone's going to be okay. Harvard is not your priest. Harvard's not your therapist. Go say a prayer and read a book. Honestly. Like, the, it's just gross. Like, watching a little sociopath in action, the lack of self-awareness to write that Harvard is racist. Harvard did not, like accept those people and then send them to the diversity office the slave owners that founded harvard that's just the way things were until they weren't because we live in a racist country like that metaphor or that example rather it doesn't hold so i was just like yo this oh i wish you guys could see this picture looking like looking like draco malfoy just terrifying gross Spring. The semester's over. It's the best of times, and it's the worst of times. And it's a time that people are moving. Maybe you. Have you found that you have a lot of things that you've furiously worn? They're not gently worn. They're really, really, really used. And yet, because they have some sentimental value to you, you assume that they might be useful to somebody else, even though they're old and dusty? Well, we've got the solution for you. The hallway, put your old stuff that nobody really wants except for you who once wanted it out in the hallway, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Our licensed non-movers may or may not come pick it up for you, but it doesn't really matter because it's in the hallway, and you don't have to think about it anymore. The hallway, where lukewarm intentions go to die. Donald Trump had a rally last night that was scary. And he raised $25 million. So apparently, people were lined up 40 hours in advance to get on these buses and go there. So, there, you know, it's just, we should all be aware that there's a contingent of the country that really likes him still. And the scandals, the lies, they're not permeating this bubble they really aren't people don't care because he's saying the things that they want to hear hateful things um so there's a clip of the view that's gone viral today because of course megan mccain who's so deeply irritating and joy behar were having it out again they were both talking about the rally and megan said don't make fun of the crowds though And it's like, but why, bitch, who are you? And Joy was like, what? And Megan's like, the crowds don't, it's not that they love Trump. They just hate the same things that he hates. And Joy was like, black people, immigrants? And then uh, what's her name got all pissy. And it's like, here's the thing. I have learned, I've had some kind of profound experiences befriending some people that considered voting for Trump. I work now in Long Island. I'm meeting some people who you know had a completely different background than mine growing up and just different than people that I've you know meet like working in Manhattan for all these years um, i didn't I don't work in Long Island physically, but I work for a company that is um based there so it's it was eye opening too, but you know I'll say this like one of my friends who I've come to really appreciate at work. She shared with me that she used to vote. She almost voted for Trump. She was considering both sides, you know, but then when she really looked into stuff and stuff started to come out, she said, no way. And that I feel like is a thing I understand. So I'm almost willing to say that people, not everybody who voted for him at first is like totally racist, but people that want to reelect him after he said all the shit that he said, I, I mean, I guess I do know that some people really... I guess if you watch Fox, you really don't know all of these things. But it's really hard for me. It's really hard for me. Like, when I think about the fact that you sat out your face and called West Africa, including the country, my country of origin or my my paternal origin, a shithole. This is what we're really doing. But you don't think your wife is from a shithole? Like, I, I am just... Also, I read that he's trying to create some legislation to only let the best immigrants in. So it, basically, it's going to be like testing and, and what kind of degrees and skills you have bringing to this country. Be careful, because you're really, you're so, don't be so invested in this shithole narrative that you uh, you mess up and the entire country's black because it's a bunch of Nigerians, okay? Because we, we get degrees. We collect them. It's a hobby. So like, I don't, I don't feel like he really thought this through all the way, and I think he's just apparently thinks that we're all just running around uh, wearing zebra and, I don't know, skidding people alive or something, and if we were, so fucking what? If that's your culture, rep rep your culture, okay? But... I'm just saying, like, I don't really think he thought that through because he doesn't seem to understand that then he's going to have to make up more laws. So, like, he's trying to block Muslim people, try to block black people more generally. But the cross section, like, there are some black Christian or like heavily Christian or evenly split Christian, high achieving academically countries that are going to slip through these cracks and he's going to be shook. But anyway, yeah, I don't know. But also just a tangent about how annoying Megan McCain is. In the footage that I had to look up to find this, I found Joy and Megan arguing about the legacy, the college admission scandals. And, you know, Joy's obviously saying, like, what's the merit of a legacy? Saying, like, why should you go someplace just because your family went? Like, "What is a ha- what does them being, like, academically sound or accomplished have to do with you? I mean, we all know nothing, right? Like, it's it's a way to create loyalty and excitement and donate back into the, to the school. I mean... It, there is no other reason like it's not there's there's no other reason it's to create diehard fans like that. And because schools are a business at the end of the day. And jo- Megan just said, I don't know. My family is a legacy of the Naval Academy. My grandfathers, my brothers, my uncles, we all serve my father. We are legacy. We're legacy. We serve. But that's because we served our country. So I'm not ashamed to say I'm legacy like I'm legacy. And then Joy's like, but what's the merit? You know, she tries to talk about the actual conversation. I'm not talking about your family, she says. I'm just saying, she's like, but I'm not ashamed of being a legacy. What's? I was just like, girl, way to make everything about you. Like, seriously? And still, if you want to pick that apart, like, are you actually contesting that because your brother went to school or your father went to school, like, their offspring should go to the school? It's a naval academy, like – I don't even know what that means. I'm going to be honest. But if it means people are being trained to like head straight to the military and protect our country, then like that's kind of scary that they could be chosen just for being someone's relative. Like, shouldn't they have to pass even more fitness tests of some kind, mental, physical, what have you, whatever is required? Oh, is, oh ooh, she, oh, she made me tired. Oh, so then she was talking about how the the um, the rally yesterday was disappointing because watching Lindsey Graham like kiss the ring and kiss Trump's ass. It's full transformation And, you know, Joy's kind of agreeing with her. And then she's like, I'm telling you that I'm upset because he used to be an uncle to me. And I'm like, Jesus, the only thing you care about is your family. This girl is like mafia style, like the family, the family. The only thing she cares about is her damn family. She don't give a she don't care about no immigrants, nothing else like it's wild. Um, Okay, so other fun things in the Trump administration. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is 34. I just want to remind. No, she's 36. And I just wanted to remind you because I can't believe it either. Um, No, that's not what I really wanted to say about her. But at the same time, it's always what I want to say about her, because I know it's not nice to make fun of people's appearances. And I'm not I'm going to say I'm not making fun. I'm just observing. But it's not every day that like a real picture of Dorian Gray is just walking around on your television telling lies like I'm watching your face melt because of the amount of evil you're putting out into the world And I feel like we should just take note. We should just take note, tell the truth. If you don't want your face to completely collapse, that's that's just a lesson. But she quit, um, which I just feel like. So apparently she seems to be one of the people that's quit that actually wasn't fired. However, I still think it's so indicative of how the line, the bar for what is normal has moved so far that Trump really has us believing it's regular for people to not serve the whole term. Like your staff, your White House, your cabinet, they're supposed to be there the whole time. Like, I don't really, like for at least the four year chunks, maybe not the full eight years, but for four. And, It's just like we're very accustomed now to people just being like, bye, bye. I did this. It was awesome. Like, okay, bye. Like, what's going on? That's for any type of workplace. That's not stability. Like, workplaces thrive. Any company, any organization, like, they thrive on people integrating their lives with each other, learning about each other, getting into a rhythm, being a team not having a rotating door like nobody wants that so the fact that it's happens in our government is just like one of those things that i feel like i just want to take a step back and acknowledge how dysfunctional that is and that that has become normal like we just don't know who's gonna quit now i'm also saddened to report that apparently she quit because she's running for governor of arkansas now me the fatalist that i am i think this means she's gonna be running for president one day and trump said about this sideways mouth harpy i have a strong feeling she's going to be running for governor so he basically announced it for her i don't know she's insulting and rude and says dumb stuff so maybe she has a chance like people really seem to like that so that's disturbing and then the last bit of government news i'll share with you is uh the story about mr shanahan patrick shanahan So he has served for months as Trump's acting secretary of defense. I don't know why there hasn't already been like a regular one. It's been two years, so I can't answer that for you. Um, But he served as Trump's acting secretary of defense and he was, you know, and he was close to being like nominated and having the full job and suddenly like his, His whole process has been delayed by an unusually lengthy FBI background check. And Trump said so he can devote more time to his family. Uh, No, his family need to devote more time to being in different rooms. So what happened there was he's been arrested. You know, he hits his wife. His wife hits him. They beat each other. And then his son, who is 17, beat the mom with a baseball bat left her unconscious in a pool of blood with skull fractures and internal injuries that required surgery. This man, Patrick Shanahan, said that the son had acted in self-defense to his wife and he wrote down that, yes, I mean, he did hit her, but she had been irritating him for three hours. She egged him on. She egged him on. She She egged him on. Sorry. Just a Melania call call back. Um what what the fuck? Like I th- that's what it said. It's written down. So then in the court hearing, he said he's a baseball prospect, <laughs> which I don't want to laugh, but like you are defending someone beating his own mother with a bat by talking about His future in baseball. Okay. He's a baseball prospect. He has dreams. He has a future. His father is an executive of Boeing. If he has to sit in jail for 21 days, not only is that going to traumatize him, he's not going to finish the semester, probably get kicked off the baseball team. Everything is going to be over for him. Just another classic story of white boy redemption You know, why should he go to jail for breaking his mother's skull with a baseball bat? Like, why? It's going to hurt him in the long run. He's the victim. It's going to ruin his future. Seeing his mother in a pool of blood isn't traumatizing, but going to court, I mean, sorry, going to jail for that crime, that's traumatizing. And he has a future. I really want to interrogate this concept of he has a future. What is it? Who has a future and who doesn't? When you say this, you really are, you you mean that there's some people that don't. But I know that you mean that because like that is what you mean. So you truly believe that some people are allowed to do evil, heinous, irresponsible, wrong, illegal things. Let's just say illegal because however you morally judge it like just to absorb the fact that the law is just applied on a case by case basis because it is. And what I mean is like yeah, you could be arrested, but cases can be dismissed. We have people in <clears throat> people not serving any jail time who accepted these bribes at the colleges while we have that mother, I forget her name, sorry, um who went to who went to jail for lying about what school district her daughter was in. Excuse me, I'm having so much. <clears throat> Allergies are still killing me. Woo There's just so much uneven sentencing and policing. I mean, that's just a fact. That's like not a deep statement. But it's just in my face. It's in it's in your face every day. And this language really, I still can't get over that the Somali cop was the first police officer to be indicted for murder um, for killing an unarmed suspect. And they said in his hearing, who could be, who could be, you know... Who could be scared by blonde hair and a sweatshirt? You know, his self defense, survival instinct been set off because who can be, who could feel threatened by blonde hair and a sweatshirt? Who could be threatened by children of the corn? Like, please don't, never gas yourself up to think you're not scary. That's, that's so offensive. Like, at the very least, to take it back to like evolutionary biology levels, like people are f- more familiar with people that like look like them, they've seen before. It just, <clears throat> On the basis of like exposure. So, for you to th- assume that we as black people, him as an African American, like an af- literally an African American, a Somali American, has all these ass kissing connotations with blonde hair that you do, that's not necessarily the case. Like, perhaps people don't have warm and fuzzy images of like colonizers and shit like that. Like, I don't know. I'm just thinking off the cuff, but also how just arrogant to like, it's just really interesting that you, that you we've decided the things, that peop, the things and people um, that we're allowed to be scared of. And so you assume that because you want to shoot every black teenager eating, you know, some Skittles and sucking on a lollipop or a popsicle, that that means that this guy does too. No, he sees her. He doesn't know what she's reaching in his pop her his pocket for damn I can't my pronouns he doesn't know what she's reaching in her pocket for and he shot now I'm not excusing him like this is part of the huge problem we have in this country with um how we train our police which is like sometimes I wonder at all I mean I just I don't want to sound like a know-it-all from watching action movies and television and stuff but I'm just I just feel like there you could shoot someone in the leg or the foot sometimes like I just don't understand all the shoot to kill stuff like the levels and levels of just compounded things that don't have to be the way they are is it's kind of overwhelming to think about like it's always it's like well, what if you didn't escalate it to violence what if you didn't do but then it's like if you are going to shoot what are we doing shooting people like a hundred times we're not sure of, what, of what's going on I can't um, but anyway that is what happened so <clears throat> the Shanahan dude he's he I mean it's just very strange um I think it sounds really creepy that he would not feel I mean sure like try to keep your kid out of jail if you think your kid's crazy or something but instead you say that the he basically said the wife deserved it that to me sounds like you have beat up your wife and you beat up this kid's mother in front of him before and you are encouraging him that it's an okay thing to do when you're annoyed by her, an appropriate thing to do I mean, it's it's really disturbing it's disturbing, it's, it's just more than just strange, to me it indicates like more about what, what things are going on at home from the father's point of view this isn't an everyday story and you know the things that he said to defend the incident are in writing so it's all crazy and then <clears throat> it doesn't come out until now Which I don't know. It's kind of strange because I'm like, well, part of me thinks Trump knew and just was going to try to slip it by them. But part of me is also thinks, well, why would you if you were going to successfully slip this person in, why would you just not successfully do it? Like, well, how did you get caught at all? Um, Let's see. It looks like. Oh, by the way, the judge said that the pictures of the the uh, attack on the mom was just so heinous and there's, like, no way he was being released. So, oh, there's also other weird stuff. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay, so it says that the mother, the fight in which this Shanahan dude describes as this, the mother harassing the son was about her suspicion that he was dating at 17 that he was involved with a 36-year-old woman. And the police said that he shoved and pinned his mother against the wall before grabbing the bike, the bat to swing at her head. Um they said that he unplugged the landline phone cord, depriving the victim and the younger brother who was there of the ability to call 911 to render aid. Oh gosh. <gasps> Oh my gosh, and apparently he tossed a bottle of rubbing alcohol to his younger brother and told him, "You clean her up." And then the younger brother called police from a neighbor's phone. This is crazy. This is really crazy. Okay. All right, but you know, he went I think he did he go to a good college. I think it said he went to University of Washington or something. St. Louis you know, because why Why limit yourself? The sky's the limit. So anyway, that, those are just a few things that are going on in the administration right now. Um, we're in for a bumpy ride, you guys. Next week, I'm excited to talk to you after we have the first debates, the first Democratic debates. There'll be a lot to discuss there. I really feel like if we can break this bubble and get Lizzie with the good plans, her message out to people... It's going, I mean, she's actually offering things that young people need and all people, but also like young people. I think we can get the age demographic that elected Obama. Like, I think we can do this. We just, the media is just so split up. It's very, very, it's very fascinating, interesting, and just like maddening. Like, how do you get through to people? All right, that's it for this segment. Catholic Charities and the Veterans Association will come and pick up your giveaway items for free and give you a receipt for your taxes. But ain't nobody got time for that. That might require being at home at a certain time or making a plan. You want to help people, but you don't really want to help people. That's okay. You've come to the right place. Put it in the hallway. Your super is from some shithole country. You can't really remember what it is, but I'm sure he has friends and relatives that would be happy to have your antifungal cream that's left over and your decorative plastic beach shells. Because that's the type of person you are. You care. Put it in the hallway. Set it and forget it. this is a strange stance, but I had sympathy for Rachel Dolezal. I wouldn't say sympathy is the word. I would just say I thought she was a little bit more irrelevant than most people did. She is a weirdo. She is definitely mentally unstable. She represents some of the insidious things about stealing from black culture and benefiting. There's that history of her suing Howard University for racial discrimination against her as a white woman. And it's just kind of like, well, when did you become black? Like, what's going on here? However, I didn't think she was like Stalin or something like people kind of went in and I was just like, eh, not going to really focus on her. I, I, I think it detracts. I know we can walk and chew gum at the same time, but some other people can't. And I think it does detract from our messaging sometimes when we focus on appropriation, appropriation, and people like her. And not like people being murdered, laws that are in place to discriminate against us, things like that. Um, However, she really, really tried it. She really, 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 really tried it. She's been out of the media, minding her business, putting heavy braids in her hair that are going to rip out all her edges. And then she decided to come out for Pride Month and announced she's bisexual. She said, you know, just wanted to take a moment to recognize Pride Month. I am in absolutely no rush to explore a new relationship, but it still matters to stay visible. I am bisexual. Hashtag Pride. Hashtag bisexual. Are you really? Like, are you sure you don't just want to take part in another month? I just wanted to take a moment to recognize pride month rainbow. I am in absolutely no rush to explore a new relationship, but it still matters to stay visible. My first kiss was with a girl when I was 18. Too much information. And like, what are you trying to prove here? Just because I have been married briefly to a man. She said briefly, like really she did. Like it makes her less like heterosexual or something briefly to a man or have had children by male partners Does not mean I am not bi. Just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm confused. There's a lot of reasons why you're confused, girl. Just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm almost gay. You're almost crazy. Just because I'm bi doesn't mean I'm any less monogamous or into threesomes. I've always been attracted to a certain vibe and the body parts represent. Wow. Sorry, guys. The body parts present matter less to me than the heart, soul, compatibility, and chemistry. This is a cold reading. So don't ignore or delegitimize the B in LGBTQI. It's a real identity. We are here, and no one's opinion is going to make me gay or straight or not bi. So although I've been celibate and single for four years, and don't plan to change that anytime soon, my life is too complicated and stressful. This is my little pride support post to say press on and keeping you to the bi community. Pride Pride Month, bisexual, not ashamed to say. These are hashtags. Hashtag BU, hashtag you are who you are, hashtag I am what I am. Hashtag it's okay to support. Hashtag inclusion isn't for show. Of all the ironic ass, inclusion isn't for show? Okay, no, no. See, I feel like she went to to buy because bi people are stigmatized by both the straight and gay community. So she wanted to pick an identity that's like as stigmatized as possible. I'm surprised she didn't come out as trans. Obviously one can be bisexual and trans. So I, I just wait for her to also come out as that and also celebrate, um, Asian Pacific history month as well as Latino history month. And uh, what other identities has she not claimed yet? I, I don't, this is not the last that we've heard of this. She, she found a new cause. She had a new cause that no one can really tell her she's not. I mean, that you can't like, you know, it's not like your, your parents are bi for you to be by. Like when her white parents, sorry, I'm burning, um, so right now. Like when her white parents came on TV and were like, yeah, I don't know. She's white. I don't know what's, we don't really know what's going on. So that is just your laughing tidbit for the day. I don't know what to tell. I don't know what to say. You, you know, you try to, I try to give people some leeway mentally, just in my mind, like, oh, maybe. And then they just, they just do things like this. And I, I was wrong. I guess I was wrong. She's, she needs to be in the spotlight. She intensely needs this type of attention. And the conversation about her was dying down. Sunday morning time to leave your Airbnb in an attractive but crumbling Harlem building. You don't want to be late, you're in a hurry, because you have to go around the corner and wait in line to see the black people jump and sing and shout at church. What do you do with your belongings? Leave them in the hallway. Although the rents in the building average $2,000 and up, you're sure that some of these Negroes will want your old salami and crackers. After all, does anyone really live here? We're all just traveling. The hallway is the answer for you. Any food and groceries you don't want, leave it in the hallway and make sure it's open. Roaches and mice aren't really a thing in New York City. I can't even remember the last time I saw one. The hallway. Feed your soul, feed the neighborhood. That's it for Cake and Kombucha this week, episode number thirty. Thank you for supporting me and being with me all this time. Please find me on Instagram at Cake and Kombucha or at K-E-L-E-Z I E. You can also always email Cake and Kombucha at gmail.com with your questions, comments, concerns, and please, most importantly, rate and subscribe on Apple. That is how we get traction i want to have posters on the subway just like i saw for some other new podcast company i think it's a new platform that hosts like trevor Noah's podcast that's what i want for 2020 okay let's make it happen cake and kombucha is recorded in new york city on location in the apartment of kelechi AZA. it is produced edited, written, and hosted by Kelechi Azier. It features music by Melanie J.B. Charles. If you like what you hear, visit MelanieJBCharles.com and don't miss out on a lot of great musical offerings from her that are happening in the city right now and outside of the city, including the upcoming Toronto Jazz Fest. So